the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. They were lepers who had nothing to win, nothing to lose. And they find themselves a great illustration of the hope you and I are to have in a living God. Join us. Way of Grace, Pastor Jessica Stand, coming up next. Grace Bible Church here in Hayward and online at grace-bible.com. Welcome to Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan. We are in 2 Kings chapter 7 today, the first 20 verses. It's a tale of three stories, leadership, lepers, and the living God. Join us as we continue examining this unique passage of Scripture that gives us a great illustration of holding out hope in our God when everything seems hopeless. Here's Pastor Jesse with today's broadcast of Way of Grace. Our second subpoint, because I need to hurry up and get through this point, is that famine evokes war for control of resources. Didn't I just teach you that? Famine evokes war for the control of resources. Didn't Jesus just say that in Matthew 24? There shall be wars and rumors of wars and famines and earthquakes in diverse places. And didn't I teach you that the four horsemen of the apocalypse, you know what they are, Revelation chapter 6, the white horse is the gospel. The red horse is war. The black horse is famine because of the scales. And the gray horse is death. So think about this, because all four of these operate simultaneously. Since the days of Jesus, the gospel has been being preached everywhere in the world. But wherever the gospel is, there is that antichrist system bringing war. That's what Jesus is saying in Matthew 24. And war brings famine, and famine brings what? Death. These are the four horsemen of the apocalypse. They're running right now in our world. They're running right now in our world. May God give you eyes to see. May may he give you eyes to see people dying all over the planet from war and famine. May he give you eyes to see. The world does not look like California. The world is in a mess. And it's important for you to see, because I'm going to show you that there's a man in the midst of these three categories who actually sees it the way that God sees it. Now, it's not the leadership. It's not the political leadership. The political leadership are blinded by their own agenda. And most times they are complicit with the evil that comes upon their own people. This is why the Bible says when the wicked rule, the people mourn. So when I say famine evokes war, for the control of resources, what God has stated is that evil men will take advantage of this. This is why I showed you again in 2 Kings 6, there was a famine in the land and King Ben-Hadad says, hey, let's, let's actually take advantage of that. These people are hungry. And so they seized the city about. Subpoint C, famine reveals our spiritual what? Yeah, it does. Now, it's not that that spiritual poverty wasn't always there, 
But when you and I have abundance, we can hide behind the fig leaves of prosperity. And we know that. When tribulation comes, it pulls back the garments and it shows us where we are spiritually, how weak we are, how carnal we are, how shallow we are spiritually. Roman, um, Amos chapter 8, verse 11. I, I'm going to just touch on this a little bit. Now, what I'm about to talk about is the kind of famine that God really wants us to be concerned about. Now, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 4, men shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Is that what he said? Now, you and I will quickly quote that verse, but what we're not understanding is that that verse is a call to a higher identity marker in yourself. We talked about that on Friday, how I warned you about how some of us, when we're growing up, if we're not grounded, we don't know our identity and we will export our identity to all of these secular systems so they can mold us into their own image. Because we don't know our power and we don't know our authority. And this is where parents need to be helping their kids figure out who they are by what their gifts are. Your gifts will tell you who you are. And if you have gifts, but you don't understand that they're to be tied to your identity, when you sell your gift to the highest bidder, you sell your soul to the highest bidder. It's important for you to know that. It's important for you to know God gives you gifts, not for you to, to bargain with around the world, but for the glorification of his name. Your powers will tell you who you are and they'll keep you and your mind in Christ Jesus carefully when you make sure that you don't give your power to anyone, but to those whom God has called you to join hands with in order to bring him glory in a collaboration with you, just like God made you to be. And we see what happens to our kids when we don't help them make a correlation between their gift and their identity. Am I making some sense? Right? And this is what's going on with Israel. God has blessed Israel. And what are they doing? They're they're whoremongering their gifts. So they're going to lose sight of the fact that they were called by God to be God's children. If you're God's children, you don't need anybody else. This is the thing we were talking about, right? Needs and wants. Is that what we were talking about? Jesus says, you may want bread, but you don't need it. You need God. And if you have God, he'll provide bread. I just, I just argued that. Didn't I just argue that? Right. But you see, are you ready to be tested that way? Are you ready to be tested in your identity when things get difficult as to whether or not you will fall apart and begin to compromise and begin to shrink away. This is the difference between a trial and a temptation. Trials will draw you to God. Temptations will draw you away. Isn't that what I taught you? So if a trial comes and it drives you to God, blessed be the name of the Lord. If a trial comes upon you and it makes you pray more, And say, you know what? Things are tight. I'm going to start fasting. I'm going to turn that plate over. I'm going to drink some water and I'm going to wait on God. God knows what I need. Am I making some sense? So like the people of God in America and particularly California, I mean, you know, we're not ready to fast. We want to eat five times a day. And if we miss one, we're saying, Lord, I'm persecuted. But the enemy also knows that. This is why he smashed us three years ago. 
And we got exposed for not being as grounded in Christ as we should be. You know that. It was clear that we were carnal and fleshly and ready to sell our souls to the devil just to have some comfort. And, and this is what's going on, children of God. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will send a what in the land? A famine in the land. Now, who's sending the famine? And he says, let me help you. Not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of the hearing of the words of the Lord. What a horrible condition. Now, here's how he's sending the famine in the land. He's sending the famine in the land by allowing you to continue to live on the superficial synthetic food of the world system. Get full fat, sick and diseased by it. And it takes away your hunger for God. Did that come home? So we are full in the sufficiency of synthetic food and carnal devices and temptations that distract us from God. And we pretend, bless the Lord, oh my soul. No, no, your soul is in trouble because you haven't opened your Bible in six months. You haven't studied the word of God sincerely in months. You haven't pursued God for a deep knowledge and acquaintance and coin a nail with God for a long time. You haven't been driven by the spirit of God to the scriptures. You forced yourself out of rope to read them here and there. But you hurry up and get back to that thing that replenishes you with those carnal supplements. God says that kind of person is in a famine. It's so bad that you don't even know that you don't want God. Am I making some sense? I'm going to show you in our text in a moment, but I'm just helping you to understand whenever God is bringing you a trial, the enemy is going to always offset that trial with a false salvation, with a false savior type. And if you do not know who you are in Christ, you'll go for the synthetic goods. Right? In faithfulness, God afflicts us that we might know him deeply in his truth. We can go a week or two without food. Did y'all know that? Right. Okay, good, good. Here it is. Not a famine nor bread, but a thirst or the hearing of the words of the Lord. Look at verse 12. Just a couple more verses and we're going. Look at verse 12. Notice what it says. And they shall wander from sea to sea. And from north even to the east, they shall run to and fro and seek the word of the Lord and shall not what? These are the days when what God is doing is shutting down faithful proclamation of his word. These are the days when you can go to assemblies here and assemblies there and churches here and churches there and get little anecdotal messages that seek to meet your felt needs, but do not drive you into a knowledge of God at the level of the gospel or the grace of God or the righteousness of God or the holiness of God or the goodness of God or the justice of God or as we're about to see the mercy of God. I'm talking about a true representation of God. And I hear it from people all the time because I don't go to anybody else's church, largely speaking, because I'm here all the time. So I hear it from people how bad it is out there. It must be bad because God says so. So you may have many people doing worship, but the worship is shallow and light because they're not serious about the things of God. And that being the case, listen to me. You have no vision. You cannot see God on his throne. That's what we're about to deal with in our text. Look with me then in point number two. Let me go on. There's much more to be said. Famine reveals our spiritual poverty. It's absolutely amazing. 
Point number two, the faithfulness of God to his elect. Now, I could treat this a little bit more, but I'm going to start with that. That's our second point. When you look at verse one of chapter seven, then Elisha said, hear ye the word of the Lord. Now, I want you to mark what just happened. Elisha is saying to everyone, especially to the king, hear ye the word of the Lord. In other words, you're about to be blessed because God is speaking. See what I'm getting at? Blessed are they that hear the joyful sound. What a blessing to hear God's word. Faith comes by and hearing by the word of God. So Elijah is about to do something that is going to set the juxtaposition between the leadership of the physical kingdom and the leadership of the spiritual kingdom. Because the kings of Israel are secular, pagan, and carnal. Elisha is part of the leadership of the spiritual dimension of the kingdom of God. I taught y'all that, right? When you're part of the leadership of the spiritual dimension of the kingdom of God, you serve as a mediator between God and man. When the church is right, it speaks for God. Told you there's only two major offices we operate out of. And Elisha is operating out of the first one. What is it? Prophetic. Prophetic. See, when you're serving prophetically, you are speaking for God to man. Did you hear what I just stated? When you're, when you're serving, when you're functioning out of your prophetic gift, it's not about you. You can't talk about how you feel about the message you got to bring. It's not about you. You have to be a servant of God and let that word come in you and through you to God's target. Now, the folks of the church are supposed to be preconditioned to expect to hear from God when they come to church. And if you go two weeks without hearing from God in this place, you got to let me know because I'm in trouble. If I am a prophetic pastor preaching and proclaiming God's word and biblical prophecy is the expounding of God's word to the glory of God's son by the power of God's spirit for the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus Christ. And if you're not getting that in this community, we're doing something wrong. And if you love us, you let us know. And then you may have to prove it because you can open your mouth and say something and not be true. But if you love someone and you know they should be operating out of their gift, hey, I think something's wrong with you guys. Am I making some sense? Because we're in all we're in this together. See, Elisha is still in dirty, filthy Samaria. See, he didn't run off saying, you know, get away from me. I'm holier than you. He's living right in the midst of the apostate church. Am I making some sense? He didn't run away and says, I'm better than the rest of those fools. No, he learned from his protege. We're getting ready to unpack that. But his protege lived in what we would call some of the most wicked times. Ahab sold himself to do evil. Him and Jezebel, worse than any of the kings of Israel. And there's Elijah right in the midst. Elijah's right there. You see how the servants of God don't run from God's church. Their job is to clean it up. It's God's church and God knows how to separate the wheat from the tares. He knows how to do it. He knows how to take us through the seasons of thinning us out and then filling us back up again. Am I making some sense? 
He knows how to clear out the chaff and bring in a new season of growth by those who continue to labor because he said seed, time, and harvest will continue till the end of the world. All we need to do is be like Noah, continue in the cause of the gospel. Elisha said, hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, tomorrow about this time shall a measure of flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Now, I know you don't know what that's talking about. The inflation is over. The reduction has been remarkable. What used to cost $7 for a loaf of bread, now that loaf of bread is a nickel. I'm giving you an analogy. Because in the previous chapter, it spoke about an ass's head being sold for five shekels. Now, that's a donkey's head. Ain't no meat on that thing. (laughs) Now, now remember, that's a famine. Now, you know, some of our poor coaches, we know how to take a chicken head and some chicken feet. Do we know how to do it? And put the right kind of broth on it. And we're in famished times, but the food is still good. And that poor hog, everything on that hog gets chopped up in times of famine. And we bless the Lord for that hog, don't we? In Jesus' name, we bless the Lord for that hog. (laughs) Yeah, we do. This is what God meant for the abundance of all things. See, in our fullness, we get to eat what we want to, when we want to, and when we don't want to. Oh, I don't eat that. (laughs) Two weeks into the famine. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying is true. You can keep your self-righteousness to yourself. I'm saved by grace. And through prayer and sanctification, everything is to be received with joy and thanksgiving. And them pig ears start tasting good. (laughs) Something's going on in our text now that I want to unpack. This here is a critically important insight to be given. Because what Elisha is doing now is confronting the king and the king is coming after him to kill him. The king is coming after my man Elisha to kill him because Elisha is occupying his office as a prophet. Look back in chapter 6. It's over in chapter 6, verse 31. This is the king. This is after the king has had to hear the appeal of two women while he's on the wall watching the famine destroy everybody. And two women are arguing about, let's eat your son today and then we can eat mine tomorrow. And then this arrogant king says, it's Elisha's fault. You guys should already be able to map that over to what we've been going through. Because you see, uh, the king, and this is Ahab's son, Jehoram, he's a wicked secular leader. And he's using the media as well on his side to shift the blame from him and his daddy. To Elisha as if Elisha is the cause of the famine. Anybody hearing what I'm saying? Ain't nothing new under the sun, is it? Let's let's shift the blame to somebody else. Let's shift the blame to the people who have a different vision, who have a different understanding, who have a different worldview, 
who have a different God, who have a different cause, a different calling, a different conviction. Let's shift the blame to them who say the Lord is sovereign, is on this throne and ruling all of this. Shift the blame to them. They're the guilty ones. Am I making some sense? And this reprobate king, we call him a Lilliputian. These are all of the little earthly kings that swear that they're gods. Didn't we just learn that on Friday? And God has a controversy with every king that usurps his authority. There's no authority that man has that wasn't given to God. And if a king or a president or a ruler wants to be blessed, he better give God glory. And if the people want to be blessed, they better have a leader that gives God glory. Stay with me. Because if your leadership doesn't give God glory, your leadership is going to take God's glory and then treat you like you're his slaves and he's your God. That's the situation I'm in right now in my country. It's the situation I'm in right now in my country. These crazy leaders think that they can actually tell us what we're going to do. These wild, wicked rulers think that because they have the techno, military, media, propagandized control, that they can dictate our future without our approval. And I'm going to be developing that concept techno in a few weeks because that is the antichrist system of duplicating men and women over in their own image, trying to be like God. And we don't even know it. We don't even know it that we're under genetic modification headed towards artificial intelligence as we speak because people are gradually transitioning. I told you we are all transitioning. I'm in transition from sin to grace. I'm in transition. I'm a trans person by the grace of God. I'm on my way to glory. I'm being transformed into his image, even by the spirit of God every day. I'm being made more like Christ. I'm a trans too. Are you a trans? I'm in between grace and glory and I can see his face. And one day I'm going to be just like him. I'm a tranny too. I'm going to be an Uber male. An Uber male. I'm going to still be a male. Uber male. I'm going to be an angel male. You see how the enemy loves to mimic and mock God? And the saints don't even want to see it. Elijah saw it. He saw it clearly. And I love what's going on with Elijah. Elisha. And it's because Elisha is not moved. I want you to see the serene, calm, peaceful disposition of an unmoved servant of God. Here comes the king after him. Listen to the language. Then he said, God, do so more also to me. If the head of Elisha, the son of Shaphat, shall stand on him this day. That means a decree went out that same day to cut his head off. Now, see, now we know we're dealing with the Antichrist system because they beheaded John the Baptist to take out the first witness of the two witnesses in the end of the Old Testament. I told you the two witnesses historically are John the Baptist and Jesus. And then they hung Jesus. And according to Revelation chapter 20, the battle that goes down is the beheading of the believers under the Antichrist system. To behead you, decapitate you, is to separate you from the body. 
It's a, a sign of absolute dominion over you. That's what they did. So Elisha is reading the newspaper now and the whole decree coming out from the administration in Washington, take him out. And that's what you guys were hearing as an emblem a few years back. Everyone that does not comply with the sound of the trumpet and the cornet and the flute to bow down and worship me, let them be thrown into a fiery furnace. If you're not playing God with that kind of decree, I don't know what you are. Well, you have been listening to Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. If you have questions or comments about the program, maybe you would like to learn more about us here at Grace Bible Church in Hayward. Reach out to us by simply calling 510-886-9782, or you can visit our website, grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Sunday services here at the church are 1030 in the morning. Friday evening is our Friday evening Bible study at 6.30. And man, we've got friends of the ministry from all over the Bay Area who join us for this Friday night Bible study. It is an amazing time of God's Word and sweet fellowship in Christ. 6.30 in the evening Tuesdays, our prayer time and a short Bible study as well. These meetings, again, the directions and information of which you can find at our website, grace Bible. or by calling 510-886-9782. This program continues to air here on this radio station and on the World Wide Web because you partner with us financially and prayerfully. Thank you for your support. No gift is too small. No gift is too large. And you can either give on a monthly basis or it's a one-time gift. It is all tax deductible, and again, the biggest part of your partnership with us is that we get to continue ministering the gospel of grace here in the Bay Area and all over the world. Consider that as you contact us and join us again next time for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastan. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.